Life in Lockdown podcast series. This is episode 76. My name is Ricky Thaman and I'm your host for the next hour. Mentally Sound is a mental health and mental well-being show. The idea is that myself and guests talk candidly and its substance about anything and everything to do with mental health. So on that basis, as a disclaimer, we do urge you to go and see your GP, your crisis centre, therapist, if you find the topics of our discussions distressing for you. A reminder that Mentally Sound is a podcast, formerly a radio show that pre-existed the pandemic and lockdown, so we've adapted to podcast medium for the meantime, during and post-lockdown. If you listen to us on Spice FM, Newcastle's fantastic radio station from the heart of the West End, you can tune in via 98.8 FM or online via the website at spicefm.co.uk and we're on air on Tuesday at 1 o'clock in the afternoon and repeated on Saturdays at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. If you'd like to get in touch, perhaps be signposted to a guest or seek advice from our therapist, you can email us at mentallysound@spicefm.co.uk, or get in touch via the social media where we have all links to all our shows as well. On Twitter, we're at underscore Mentally Sound. On Instagram, we're at Mentally Sound Radio. And on Facebook, it's Mentally Sound Radio Show. And incidentally, on our Facebook header page, you'll find updated archives of all our podcasts with all the relevant topics listed underneath. We're also on the relevant podcast platforms. Look up Mentally Sound on Clips, spelled C-L-Y-P, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. And on show this week... My guest is Alex Elliott. He is the artistic director of a brilliant organisation called Operating Theatre, a unique theatre group based in Newcastle that puts on productions which promotes health and well-being for specialised audiences, including medical students and so forth. And they do a lot of work around mental health. So we'll be talking all about that with Alex, as well as on lockdown life. And without further ado, hope you enjoy the show. Thank you. episode 76 of Life in Lockdown, our first of the new year. Happy New Year, listeners. We have uh, our very first guest of the new year. His name's Alex Elliott. He's the artistic director of a really, really interesting project called Operating Theatre, and he's going to tell us all about that. Got in touch with him via Twitter, and he kindly agreed to come on. So, hello, Alex. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thank you, and thanks very much for having me and for getting in touch. Yeah, you're very welcome, very welcome. Um... My first question, as is with all my guests, how are you doing? And uh, I guess more specifically, as it's been a very precarious couple of years for obvious reasons, but how, how have you been on a personal level throughout the last um, 20, 20 or so months? Wow. Yeah, it's, um, I'm personally doing pretty well at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, had a few COVID-related issues over the holidays. Yeah lateral flow tests that mm-hmm. that were very faint but looked as if they were positive so i was actually working on a project and had to leave the kind of last day of that uh understandably you know i didn't want to be around people if i was at all infectious um mm-hmm. so christmas was a, a strange one um fortunately my um i was with close family um my partner and um my two grown-up uh, children um and we had a great time, but it was limited in yeah. in who we could see and and what we could do. But it was also a really nice time just to to be together. And I think you know because they they are nineteen twenty and and they they are living their lives. Um, yeah. We had a lot to talk about, so mm-hmm. uh, it was a, a really 
a great time actually to spend with them. Um, yeah, obviously it's it's um, we're recording this on uh, at the end of a week on Friday, so uh, it's been a full week, a really good week actually. Mm. Um, I've been working with um, a company that that I'm associated with called Unfolding Theatre, oh. and uh, we've been doing. Um, well, we've been involved in a very open process of discussion. No, um, no real agenda. Just um, one of the questions was, "How are you?" You know. So mm. we'd start the day with with five minutes of just saying, "How are you?" and "What's on your mind?" and yeah. uh, and "How do you feel?" And I think that that way of working is vital. I think in the in these times, we yeah. definitely need to 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 give time to one another to to say how we are and to listen, you know, to really listen to, to how people are, because, you know, these are the most bizarre times that I've lived in. Yeah. Um, you know, um, mm -hmm. I used to think I had a fair deal of life experience, but uh, I think I've seen and, and heard of things that you think, well, really make you question how the world yeah. is and, and um, how things are happening. So, yeah, in the midst of, of what has been a very, very difficult time for some people, I'm blessed in many ways in mm. that uh, that I'm doing pretty well, yeah. Mm. Brilliant. Um, you mentioned Christmas with family. Was that the first time you had everyone around for a long while? Was it one of those moments where, you know, you hadn't seen yeah, we, for, for a we good don't long often, We don't often all meet up yeah. because, um, you know, uni, um, you know, studying away and that kind of thing mm -hmm. um and it was going to be a bigger affair we were probably going to see other members of the family but yeah it, it was as i say just the the four of us which hadn't happened for a while yeah. and it was it was great actually um so yeah but uh, it has been tricky right at the beginning of of lockdown um my uh, our kids were with us for quite a while um, mm. before it was safe for them to return to uni and stuff. So we did mm. lots of living with one another in, in quite a, an intense environment, you know, yeah. because nobody really knew what was happening and could you go out, you know, were things going to happen, were things not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but then, of course, as things eased, people went off and, and did what they needed to do and, and wanted to do, which is been great but mm -hmm. yeah coming back together that was uh i think recovering some of that um that real um spirit of togetherness of being a family and we will we are who we are we we love one another and whatever happens mm -hmm. uh we're here you know we're, we're here to listen mm -hmm. um, and, and that's my my kids are great listeners as well yeah uh it's not you know we weren't um we needed some of that as well as parents mm. and, and just as people, you know, in a room. So, I guess as well when, when you know, the classic sort of everyone around the table gatherings that, um, you know, the old sort of mental health um, mantra of, you know, time to talk. I guess it was also one of those opportunities to, to listen to each, each individual and, and, and really just get them to open up about what it's been like for them, because these were, as you rightly said before, really unprecedented times. Was that what it really kind of felt like? Oh, it, yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, we are, we do keep in touch as a family, and and yeah. and again, you're right, sitting around a table, sharing a, a meal, um, 
talking after a meal, um, you, you get a level of conversation, a level of intimacy that you mm. don't always get in a in a brief visit. You know, you're trying to fit everything in in a three four hour visit, and then you've got to get on with your separate lives. But it really felt like we had we had good quality time together and yeah people were uh, were able i think just to to share how they were feeling and um you know how they see the world uh, and so on yeah fantastic fantastic um so yeah as i say um, operating theater i mean I, I love i love the the title itself you know i think that that uh, gets just kudos on itself really but um just reading about the um the the organization um really really intriguing i, I was kind of like thinking why have I not heard of you guys before? Because it's sort of the thing that usually comes up on my radar. But but uh-huh. there, there you were anyway. So um, um, correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm going to, as I understand it, Operating Theatre was founded over 20 years ago. Um, uh, one of them including the late Julia Darling. Uh, am I right there? That's right, yeah. And yeah. Um, so the basis was, I mean, I understand she was, she was going through cancer at the time. And I think cancer was one of the... the in terms of sort of wanting to explain or getting to explain to others, um, I guess, I guess in terms of, you know, creating a medical community as to understanding the condition as well as other conditions as, as um, your plays and so on have, have, have sort of been inspired by. But um, was that, was that, was that, was it as simple as that? Or was there a little bit more? Was it sort of, and of course, well, with, with interest in theatre and using that medium, this is a combination of all those things coming together. Yeah, well, I, I think it was. You're right. It was. It was several um, things coming together. One was the interest of Dr. Dominic Slowey, who was one of the original founders um, and is is our chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, who works um, who works in the NHS mm-hmm. still. Um, he was very drawn to theatre and. and as uh, someone who had uh, taught at medical school, he could see that there was an opportunity there to mm-hmm. engage, uh, principally uh, at the time, his thinking was uh, medical students and other health care professionals and people in training and so on. Yeah. Uh, he could engage them and and speak to them about uh, health and you know, direct medical issues, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. uh, through drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Julia Darling, obviously, because apart from being a you know fantastic poet and a writer, as you said, um, was living her own experience um, yeah. and her own health um, was central to some of her writing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there was a conversation there. There were mm-hmm. a series of conversations there about how can things develop. Carol Clulo, who again is is. Uh, a founding member of the company, still with the company, has done lots of writing for the company, was a writing in residence at, yeah. at the time at the University of Medical School. Mm. And so um, there were discussions about how can we reach people? Mm. How can we discuss, you know, often very sensitive uh, issues around health and how can we engage people yeah. in a meaningful discussion? Yeah. And I think the moment that you you open the door to the possibility of of a, a dramatic um, setting, uh, you know, uh, whether it be a play or, yeah. or a simple monologue or mm. uh, film, which we're using increasingly. Um, 
then I think the conversation shifts and, mm. and particularly with people like medical students, you know, medical students, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, under great pressure to, to, uh, achieve, you mm -hmm. know, to, to perform at a very high level, mm -hmm. to cram in lots of facts, to absorb all of that, to somehow take it into their DNA almost. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think that the, the human factors, the human side of, of certain conditions, illness and so on, um, take a little bit of a backseat because they have right. so much to take on because they need to get to the point where they, they can distinguish between a certain condition and another or, or which drugs to prescribe, whatever it might be. It mm. becomes, it can become highly technical mm. and the human side, the, you know, you could argue the, the most important side, which is understanding the person mm. you know, and not just a series of symptoms uh, to do that. I think you need, you need work like ours, I would, mm. I would argue. Mm. Um, we presented um, a whole series of, uh, of plays at, the, at Newcastle Medical School, and we're about to begin um, a new relationship with uh, the medical school at Sunderland, which right. uh, we're very excited about. And that, will, that gives um, students and others an opportunity to, to meet someone generally or meet a series of of people who are um, in the middle of a often a health crisis, uh, mm. who are experiencing whatever it might be. We've dealt with mm. eating disorders or mm. um, substance abuse, um, all kinds of conditions. Mm. But when you actually have a person in front of you in the shape mm. of our very experienced, very well prepared performers, it doesn't become, it ceases to be a series of statistics or facts that you need to look out for. You're trying to get to the heart of what that person is. Sure. Um, and that person is a human being, yeah. you know, who's not always going to communicate mm. as, um, as accurately as you would like, mm -hmm. or, um, or might not tell you all of the facts, mm. but there will be something there. You, 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 mm that ability to to meet the person in a room to mm. to share some of that experience mm. i think is invaluable in this kind of teaching and we've used it in all kinds of settings mm. do you think there's something about um theater the stage acting that comes across better than other mediums in terms of what you're trying to um say within within certain conditions maybe take away the clinical edge about it or maybe there's something more direct about you know, yeah. theatre that, that, that penetrates perhaps more than other mediums. Not not just, I mean, every medium has their own part to play, of course. And of mm -hmm. course, I, I imagine you and I will be very biased in our own fields, but do you think there's something about, uh, what was, what's in your opinion is about, that, that's special about theatre, which allows it to become more direct in terms yeah, of well, like, I, makes it more As I say, we are, we, are using, we are using film and we're using other other forms of, of, of drama, if you like. So mm. I suppose I, I consider it all part of, of this idea of, of drama mm. uh, being used to highlight um, and communicate yeah. um, areas of, kind of medicine and, uh, and health and so on. Mm. But yeah, there is, there is something about um, meeting someone in, in a room, you know, mm. and, and quite often these are in uh, lecture halls or uh, part of the university or in a conference center, whatever, but we've created pieces that, um, 
that so captivate the people there that yeah. they will come afterwards and they will speak to the to the performer as the character. Right. You know, there's a case in point is a piece called For the Best, which talks about a carer who's who's really um, who's affected by the death of one of uh, one of her, her patients, mm-hmm. and uh, she's clearly tried to fight um, for this patient, but unfortunately, um, through a series of you know unf- unfortunate circumstances, the the patient dies. So she's clearly very upset and she's talking about what's happened before and, and so mm-hmm. on. And uh, I think, you know, it's it's a tribute to the performer who who had uh, done extensive research, who had gone to care homes, who'd spoken to um, to people working there yeah. um, and had met uh, patients and, and uh, residents and so on, that what the audience were meeting was was a real live person and and people as i say went out of the way after the performance to to console to talk to mm-hmm. uh, what they considered was a whole person and i think that's what you get that's what you get in uh, in, sure. in that live setting sure. um it happens again with some of the film work where you had a very good response as well but um but i think that yeah Theatre is is a is a tricky thing, you know, in that it it can be often quite alienating, or it can seem a little bit distant. Or, mm. uh, but good theatre done well um, can, I think, transform the way you think about something, the way you feel about something, and yeah. and we've certainly seen that. Um, and do you go to the lens of things like set designs, maybe concentrating acoustics, make, making them really work well with, with, with your content? Is it a combination of all those things? Um, well, we, we always say that we will work in, in pretty much any environment as long mm-hmm. as we can get to work with people mm-hmm. um, because we realise that the resources aren't always there to yeah. present things in, in a way. So we try and make it work. But, for example, one of, one of our pieces uh, called White Lies um, we use um, we use a proper cot from um, the um, premature natal uh, mm-hmm. ward. Um, you know, the equipment that we use is is pretty much, uh, or at least reflects most of the equipment that's used at the time. You know, we try and make things as authentic as we can. Mm-hmm. Or, um, in the case of other pieces, then it's it's quite abstract. It's much more about mm-hmm listen to what these people are saying and and don't worry so much about the um how it looks you know it's it's not about reproducing something uh, but it's about really getting to the heart of the sentiment if you like so i think that um i mean i've seen some great pieces uh in the past that have represented people with you know with a hand or a, an object or whatever, and you still get the you still get the connection. So I, I think it's important to, to to consider all of these things and mm. to make sure that there aren't obstacles. Mm. But yeah, no, we 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 always say that we will try to present work mm. where it needs to be and, mm. and and wherever it can be staged. Wow, um, <clears throat> really, really intriguing, Alex. Um, so my, my next question, I'm, I'm really kind of interested in what sort of re- response you've had from peers, from also other sort of healthcare professionals, um, people within the theatre field, the NHS, and, and of course patients. What's, 
what's uh, I know from your website you've had a lot of sort of very interesting and very kind of rewarding um, responses from people but um, on an overall basis um, what's yeah. the general kind of are they saying yes we need more of this what you guys are doing is really unique there's there's no other people like like you out there or um, I'm just curious as to how I guess how common this sort of response is to, to, to the goals that you're setting in terms of, you know, presenting, you know, a way of explaining and, and, and conditions to, to, to people out there, particularly who want to learn more. Absolutely. Um, well, I think, you know, there are um, medical role play companies. There are companies that work with within um, health settings and so on. Right. Um, what they tend to do is they present a, a typical scenario, you know, and it's an aid to teach. It's a teaching aid. It's something mm. for medical students or others mm. uh, to use, and that's you know that's laudable and necessary, I think. Mm -hmm. But what we're what we hope to achieve is uh, is a connection, as I say, with with a person or with a group of people who mm. are facing um, you know some a, a challenge which is generally to do with health, mm -hmm. health and well being. Mm -hmm. um, we are spending. Uh, this year reflecting on health inequalities for example so okay. um, later in the year we're hoping to produce work around that mm -hmm. so we're we are I would say not a company that produces a straightforward role play but we're yeah. we're looking at addressing health and well-being issues in a unique way in a way in a way that as you said you don't see a lot of, um, you know, you, you mentioned, though, you know, I'm surprised I haven't heard of you, but, you know, we have been around for 20 years, but we're, I think we're probably one of the best kept secrets in that respect. And <laughs> right. we, do, we do work in quite particular settings, right. um, but we have, we have recently been doing more work with the public, okay. uh, in particular, uh, a piece, um, a whole year and a half, almost two years of research, um, around um, focal epilepsy and the development of uh, neural implants, which okay. is a developing technology. So um, the Institute of Neuroscience at the uh, Newcastle University asked us to get involved, and we were delighted to do so. Mm -hmm. So we spent a long time uh, talking to patients, families of patients. Um, I myself had some knowledge through my family of epilepsy and the the kind of stigma that used to um, exist yeah. around uh, epilepsy yeah. yeah um i'm pleased to say that that has changed radically mm. um i would say in, in the last you know 20 30 years but um so we we spent a long time researching um a all of the artists composers uh classic artists lots of people who who had lived with epilepsy and who either completely disregarded it or considered it a burden or, in fact, considered it part and parcel of who they were and in some ways a, a gift, you know, that it, it, it opened up their perception in, yeah. in a unique way. Yeah. So that was a fascinating project. Mm -hmm. um, a, because it, we were working directly with the researchers who were at the cutting edge of, of, of a developing technology, mm -hmm. uh, then because they were asking us to develop work that would, that would reach out to the public. So we made yeah. several pieces of work um, and eventually we, we concluded that, that phase of uh, development with a, a piece called Deep Mind, 
mm-hmm. um, which is a 40-minute film, um, which was going to be presented as a piece of live theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of COVID, um, mm-hmm. the university uh, was great and allowed us to film in part of the university. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that piece was about the future, the near future, what will yeah. happen uh, with that type of technology, who mm-hmm. owns that technology, mm-hmm. uh, what effect will it have on us as patients, mm-hmm. as a society, yeah. um, how might it be used, uh, abused. Um, and as I said earlier, you know, we're looking at health inequalities um, in particular because of the, the really direct impact that that has on people's well-being, sure. uh, on people's um, life and how long they live and the, the sure. quality of, of life they have. Sure. Oh, wow. All very interesting. I mean, um, we've already reached halfway points of this podcast. Um for listeners out there, me and Alex were pondering as to whether we would stretch it, be able to stretch it out. And I think, as I correctly predict, as I often do, it was never going to be a problem. You can hear how um, lucid and full-flowing Alex is, and we, we thank him for his, for his um, time with us. word there and I think it's really down to the essence of what you guys are doing uh, as we often talk about in mental health is, is this word stigma and how we find ways to in inverted commas crack it um, yeah and I think you you, you guys as you say um, you're kind of the be- one of the best kept secrets in the northeast and uh, yeah I think um, I'm certainly very much more intrigued and before I talk more directly about how you guys tackle things around mental health in particular, um, you hinted about, obviously, your background and your experience with epilepsy in, in the family. And I, I too, sadly, have lost... I lost a, a friend to... Well, she, she had a, a fall due to epilepsy and unfortunately kind of hit her head and, and you know, we, we lost her in that way. Um, but you, Alex, and your background, you're, you're the artistic director. So what were the... What were the early influences to led you to become um, artistic director of operating theatre? What, um, obviously the, the, the medical backgrounds as well, and what what were the what were the inroads that led you to where you are? And you know, yeah. Well, well, I came to the uh, to the northeast. My um, I lived for uh, my teenage years uh, and so on in County Durham, and mm-hmm. then uh, moved away um, and lived abroad and lived uh, in other parts of England, but then was offered a chance to come back north yeah. and work with uh, Northern Stage Ensemble. So I was oh, okay. given, in effect, a, a two-year yeah. contract that yeah. rolled on for some seven years. Mm-hmm. And then then I decided um, that uh, I wanted to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I was looking for opportunities. And I don't know how... How it got mentioned, but uh, yeah, I found myself um, auditioning for a piece for operating theatre, huh? and it was to play um, a GP. And these mm-hmm. were short pieces that were being used um, at the medical school to yeah. train to train um, trainee doctors mm-hmm. um, and to help them deal with often del- delicate subjects and so on. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was in that piece, and somebody in that. Uh, in the discussion afterwards said, oh, uh, 
do you know any doctors or uh, because you know make uh, make a convincing doctor and then i realized of course i do because my father was a pharmacist and uh, and so half of the people that we knew were were gps mm-hmm. you know so i just through osmosis you <laughs> just kind of pick up yeah. the way they are and the way they speak and and yeah. whatever but i realized that that um I was genuinely interested in what the company was doing. Yeah. And and I think through further discussions, it seemed like there were opportunities to get more and more involved. Mm-hmm. And then I, they asked me, kindly asked me to direct something. Mm-hmm. And, and it more or less went from there. And I've, I've been associated with the company now 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's absolutely an essential part of my, my life, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think it does combine... Uh, two things that I care about passionately, which is people's well-being mm. um, and and communication, and you know, open, frank, honest communication with people. And I think that yeah. if you can you can create work that that does speak to people like that, then mm. then you can break down barriers. Uh, yeah. You generally can uh, connect with people. Um, I'd like so to think all... that was one of the pillars of mentally sound as well. It's, it's. I think we're both yeah. in a very similar field, albeit going through sort of you know slightly different angles. But yeah, I mean that 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 is very much the essence. Um, a bit more about um, mental health in particular now, Alex. Um, given that what we talked about the the methods that we use to, to to talk about in such a way, did you feel when it comes to mental health, and of course the the heart of it, as we we just sort of talked about, is connecting and talking um um do you think there's something more direct there with mental health which works with with theater as well i mean i guess the answer is very similar to what you gave before but given that we need to talk more that as you say the the, the issue of stigma is still very much there but I'd, I'd i'd like to think that we are living in enlightened times as such the way we we are certainly doing we are certainly talking more about it but the frustrations often the 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 follow through afterwards you know putting it yeah. into motion do you feel that similar frustrations with with um with 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 what you're doing as well but i guess given you guys have a um an end product if you like you know a really uh you know a, a substantial really heart of the matter sort of play about it that you feel that you're kind of getting in there you're actually making waves and uh, you know, um, the, the the ripples in the pond is happening with, with what you're doing. Sure. Well, you, mental health is something that finally people are starting to talk about far more openly. Mm. Um, I think there has been a sea change in, in terms of uh, the people who are prepared to talk about their, their mm. experiences of mental do you feel Do you feel that difference from when you first started? Did you say you meant you were been involved for 13 years, was it? I mean, do you feel that yeah. within that time it's 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 changed? Yeah, I would say that um, it's been it's been slow, and and there have been uh, occasions when, and I'm sure that you'd have felt it as well when you feel very frustrated because you know people are dismissive of certain mm. uh, things, certain emotions, certain expressions. Mm. Um, you know, people are, are careless sometimes about how they speak about mental health. Mm-hmm. So that's that is, I suppose, a, an eternal frustration, if you like. But yeah. but no, I I think that um, I've, we've certainly been in settings, uh, in schools, and uh, mm-hmm. in other settings where people are 
talking more directly. Um, we were involved, uh, um, are involved in a project called Lockdown Life, yeah. which um, has connected with uh, any youth, which is a fantastic mm -hmm. organization. And we spent several months regularly visiting and getting to know the young people involved in, in uh, one of their projects. Yeah. And the thing that, that came through there that when you really start to talk meaningfully um, about uh, about well-being and about mental health and about mm. the things that can affect us all is when you have when you have an honest open relationship when you when you accept that you are in a room and you're you're two three four five people together just talking mm. and and the differences are sometimes minimal and sometimes quite pronounced but but if you're honest about that mm. and and uh, about what's happening you know we we met some remarkable young people mm -hmm. who have lived through you know as you suggested um you know a very very tricky time for them, mm -hmm. who've moved from almost childhood into adulthood and, and emerged mm -hmm. into a world that looks very different yeah, and of sure. course you know that that has created all kinds of challenges mm -hmm. uh, for them and mm -hmm. what i admire most um mm -hmm is that they have been able to articulate it so beautifully. Mm. You know, once they felt that that we were there to listen and that we were not going to judge or yeah. we didn't consider them mm. in any particular way, we were simply interested in getting to know them as, as people, mm -hmm. they were fantastically generous in mm -hmm. talking to us about what they've experienced and, and how they saw the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that, that that is essential. I think mm. if you're trying to genuinely address some of some of the issues that are out there mm. it it begins with a really open honest mm. conversation you yeah. know in a in a safe nurturing setting mm. um where where you give time to to those kinds of discussions mm. um and i'd say you know what i when i was in my 20s um you know i had some a, a few distressing months when i did not feel great mm. and it was because I was given support and because mm. not just family and friends, but, but I was in fact training as a performer at the time. Mm. And they were, they were great. Actually, all they said was, we don't know what's happening, but get the help that you need. And then when you're ready, come back. And that's what happened. Um, you know, so you had the, with... the, peer, the peer support back then within that sort of, yeah, that industry, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say that, that, you know, that in another setting that would have been difficult mm. if I'd been in perhaps a more kind of formal employment setting or yeah. whatever that would have been mm. difficult at that time sure. um, but no I was I was welcomed back um, you know and I was I was coping my, my mother was extremely ill at the time mm. and I think it was it was a, a response to that I was kind mm. of pre-grieving if you like yeah um, so but it was it was a distressing time mm. and um but I think that having that, you know, that's that's something that I've always discussed fairly openly with people. Mm. It's, you know, I think it's important that mm. you don't walk away from yeah. uh, from those experiences, and you know, but they certainly inform that mm. need to to keep talking and to be really open and honest. Mm. And if things are get too much or whatever, mm. then time time to breathe, time to understand why it is. Um, and, and to keep talking, and, and that's why, as I say, this 
work that we've been doing recently. Um, and the way we are trying to approach the work is, mm-hmm. is always an honest exchange. And, you know, you mentioned stigma, and I think that stigma is the least useful thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything for anybody. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it hurts those that, that uh, receive it, and it hurts those who think about it as, as mm-hmm. you know, if you judge someone because of a preconceived idea but is very often inaccurate and um, doesn't reflect a reality then then you're not getting anywhere you know i'm i'm really happy you mentioned uh, county durham before because it actually it made me remember actually that um i had some I had some friends who live i think was in south hetton and they were part of a one of these sort of you know pit villages that been you know that been in decline since the 1980s and one of the things that they'd set up it was a community theater group um, so when you mentioned about the, the peer support there, I think that combined, they, they certainly created that back then and it's still running now as far as I'm aware. I've not seen them for a while. But back in the mid-noughties, I, I was invited to go down and see a couple of shows run by them. And I was just so kind of like really, you know, I felt really, I was I was buzzing, you know, because I thought given the sort of surroundings of, you know, the lack of opportunities there for the young people especially, they had something to work on and, and it generated so much fantastic art and and i just remember thinking this is great you know and and again things like these needs a lot more exposure because um you know you mentioned before about you know focusing on health inequalities and i think in those areas i think that there is there is a lot of that you'd find there and 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 these are the sorts of artistic ideas that people when they got together were able to sort of you know help each other through so you 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 very gladly reminded me of that so i thought i'd sort of you know shoehorn that in so thanks thanks for no that. no I, I mean it's it is truly shocking that you know 10 years after the marmot uh, report that you know that that did yes, yes, yes. speak about incredible health inequalities mm. that we're we're worse off in yeah. many ways we are worse off mm. okay. and um you know you can you can hold a a polit- you know, you can speak about the politics of it. You can speak about, but but just at a human level, to Absolutely. think that, you know, we as human beings hope to progress mm-hmm. and hope to make things better. We we try it, I think, for our families and our loved ones mm-hmm. and so on. As a society, you know, mm-hmm. a society that is is one of the richest in the world. Yeah. You know that our focus has to shift. Our focus has to mm-hmm. to move and has to create. Uh, a more equal society. There is no reason why being born in, in a particular postcode or in a particular yeah, area, absolutely. Newcastle or, or rural Northumberland or whatever, mm. means that you will definitely mm. survive uh, seven, eight, nine mm. years less. Uh, and I, and know, I also it, think um, it emphasised what you're saying, that the, the artistic response in relation to what we've gone through, it through with the pandemic and lockdown is that there's always an artistic response to something like this. As there was, was during wartime, you know, the the poets and the poetry that came out of that, for example. The, and I think we're going to see very much, well, we already are seeing uh, very much now, and I think you would agree that, some, that that's one of your kind of current reactions, as you say, with Lockdown Life. I had a, I had a read about that on your website. Um, which leads yeah. me on to my next question. When it comes to producing plays around, the mental, around mental health, um, do you feel that there's a... I'm not going to say pressure because I think you guys are experienced enough, but do you feel that there's an extra gravitas towards being more sensitive than usual and maybe having to put in disclaimers that, you know, that, um, 
that you emphasize that when people walk away from this that they do be inspired to get the help that they need or um, and so forth and so forth yeah absolutely um we have a piece called uh, squirrels which yeah. um that's focused on young mental health, isn't it, especially? Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's a group um, It's a group of four young women who come together. Uh, they call themselves squirrels because they meet in the park, basically. Right. Um, uh, we're nuts and we meet in the park, <laughs> and that's their joke. Yeah. Um, but they're all dealing with their own, um, you know, particular issues and so on, and they've, some of them have been... Th- on a journey with with child and adolescent mental health services mm-hmm. and and then they're at that point where mm-hmm. they're not not quite old enough to be taken on by um, yeah. adult services and, and so on so mm-hmm. there are a very particular set of conditions there mm-hmm. and um, presenting that piece uh, as we have done in, in several settings mm-hmm. you know it it deals with some quite well some, with some hard issues with some hard issues. And so, yes, we have to be sensitive. And I think we've we've learned from from uh, the performances that we have that you do have to be proactive. A, you need to let people know what you're dealing with, mm-hmm. so that that people have some sense of being being forewarned, and uh, so on. And yes, afterwards, I mean, we do um, we have clinical support there. Um, during the performances, and and we do make it clear that that anyone who has any concerns, or, you know, uh, should visit the website. Mm-hmm. We give extensive uh, resources there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I absolutely take your point. I think when you're um, when you're trying to to focus on issues such as as mental health, it's really important that mm-hmm. there is there is aftercare and there is uh, there is consideration, which is why everything that we present is rigorously researched yeah. um you know we we're fortunate we have uh, we have a great board you know and the trustees have mm-hmm. vast experience as clinicians and as um educators you know so they are very good at at um, making sure that we're, we're offering the right kind of support but mm-hmm. yeah you can always improve i i accept you know that uh, we're hoping to to roll that uh, program out uh, later in the year, sure. um, and that has to be done carefully, and it has to mm-hmm. be done with consideration. And yeah, you have to always have time. There is no point rushing off at the end of one of these performances because you need to get back to do mm-hmm. something. There will always be people who will want to, to talk to you. There will always be people who have been affected, and and perhaps it's, sometimes it's an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. For them to speak because they can speak about that character you know mm-hmm. who's who's we hope a fully fleshed out human being or as, as far as you can uh, do that mm-hmm. but but yeah there, there are things that people see and and experience through those characters that mm-hmm. that make them want to to seek help or make discuss their own mm-hmm. um their own life experiences and i think that yeah it, mental health deserves deserves um, a forum deserves uh, opportunities to be discussed mm-hmm. you know openly and um, mm-hmm. but there has to be care yeah yeah definitely um yes uh, I was just wondering then if you could perhaps name a case study and obviously respecting people's anonymity but maybe of, of an example of a response that you've had of someone who saw a particular play which then inspired them on to not only get help but maybe 
um, the trajectory of it made them go into a particular artistic direction, which you know, similar to what we've been talking about, which 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 also helped them deal with their mental health in a in a sort of creative manner. Um, is is there anything mm. that comes to mind with that? Or well, I I think I I will say so. We um we presented uh, a piece um around um eating disorders and particularly mm. anorexia nervosa. Mm. Um, again um. A, a, a piece that that doesn't hold back, mm-hmm. that doesn't hold back, and speaks sure. in quite a lot of detail. And that was presented at a medical school uh, on a number of occasions here in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And um, there were several students who, after those performances, did go and speak to teachers and did go and speak to supervisors and said, "Look, I think perhaps I I need some support or." Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, I, I identify with some of the things that I've seen and heard yeah. and maybe I'd like to get some support. Yeah. Um, so it was a pattern of behaviour that they had in their lives that they hadn't formally recognised until they saw the show, then they kind of hit home then, yeah? Yeah, or, or you know, perhaps... Um, or being, being denial about driven, it. Yeah, yeah but being very driven, you know, spending a lot of time having to perform at a very high level means you often neglect... Um, aspects of your own yeah. health yeah. and well-being, yeah. and I think people perhaps then then recognise that they they were perhaps entering dangerous behaviours. Mm. Um, um, so you know that that certainly is the case, mm-hmm. um, and I know that we have performed pieces around um, um, the assessment and treatment centres. Um, okay. You know there was that big scandal, the Winterbourne scandal, and unfortunately sure. there have been other. Scandal yeah, subsequently, yeah. where where patients have been very badly uh, yeah. abused and anyhow suffered very badly because they present with challenging behaviours, mm-hmm. and because it, you know the best way to deal with them, these people thought was to was to practically assault them, you know, to to put chairs on them, to sit on them, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. have them locked up for hours on end, to yeah. demean them. Mm. Um, and we presented that piece um, on several occasions, and there were people there, commissioners, people mm. who were um, family of of some of those patients, who said, "This has got to change, sure. you know, and and we cannot sit back anymore. We've got to do things." So, um, I think art in general can have a profound effect on on people, mm-hmm. uh, and. I say that knowing immediately a part of me is thinking yes, but but it's it's perhaps been considered or or has been um, somehow for a certain uh, type of person or you can't go into an art gap. No, I'm hoping that those things are changing now, yeah. and I genuinely believe that all of us are capable of mm. connecting with with what it is that that creates art and culture and sure. uh, an expression. And I think that there's a lot to be said for um, the opportunities to express concerns and and express the delights that. It's also about the access to culture as well, because I think for some people, you know, given given what we talked about before, you know, um, the health inequalities often when 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 you take a nucleus out of a community, then the rest falls like you know it's in the domino effect. So things like libraries, things like art galleries, which we we all love obviously which which may enriches our soul i'm sure you'd agree mm. is not there and, and therefore they don't get the benefit of 
Which is why I guess in a way, uh, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I just thought of this now, but one of the best things to come out in recent years regarding mental health is the um, the popularity of like social prescribing that, that doctors, GPs can now feel the value of getting someone down to explore very artistic things um, and they come back feeling that they've got the full sort of benefits of that instead of having to resort back to the, you know, what we what we call then the sort of pill, pu- pill popping culture of, you know, previous years. And that's been one of the best, uh, you know, recent re- revelations, wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know mm. people who, um, who've attended choirs, who've yeah. started dance courses who um, choirs which uh, which hospitals sometimes um you know um stage themselves you the nhs choirs are possibly yeah. fantastic yeah 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 absolutely and i yeah i think that fortunately there are some there are enlightened uh, people out there who are who can see the real benefit of it and mm. uh yeah we need more of that we definitely need more of that and we need we need more um art and culture everywhere mm. um and it, but it also needs to to be co-created and also needs to be to emerge from from those places and mm. you know if, if people are experiencing uh, inequality and discrimination then until that changes some of what they produce might be hard yeah. for others to 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 view or to experience be, yeah. because it reflects a, a reality and, and, and until we accept that mm. then you know, then things are not going to change. I mean, mm. it's all well and good to have what people call high, high culture. You know, then there's always a lot of money mm. goes towards, mm. you know, very expensive opera companies and and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about the the art that emerges from from communities? And what about supporting artists that live in those communities? Definitely. And yeah. what about just giving the opportunity? You, you know, you mentioned libraries. I grew up. Um, in you know, uh, and the library was there. Well, it was it was my second home. I'm sure it was your second home as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah. You know, and and I learned. I could sit there, and it was a place I could I could ask questions. I could be I could ask for information about certain yeah. things. I'd be pointed towards certain books, mm-hmm. and you know, and there was never a question of well, you need to leave that. You know, it was you were always welcome. You yeah. could always sit there, yeah. and you could take out. And as long as you return the books, you can take out as many as you like. Yeah. You know, things yeah. have changed so dramatically yeah. for people. Yeah. Um, it, it's a disgrace, really. It's yeah. a disgrace because because these things are there to help us. And you know, the the library is a community. Mm. You go in there, and and if you go in there two, three times a week, and then aren't there? Mm-hmm. People are saying, where Where is mm-hmm. you know? Where's Alex? Mm-hmm. Why is he not here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's these are important links in our community. We, we need to fight. We need to get these back. Mm. Um, it's been a fantastic podcast. Uh, it's been a joy talking to you, Alex. My final question is: so you you know you mentioned all these conditions, and you know you mentioned eating disorders, alcoholism, and I, I always feel that with mental health, you can for me it kind of works like a spider diagram. If you write mental health within the center of a board. And you make these links, you know, for things. So when I've talked to, for example, homelessness charities, there's often mental health, which is a driving condition, which leads people to addiction and, and sofa surfing out in the streets and so on. And alcoholism, of course, addictions. They're all, you know, they're really kind of strong links there. 
So on that basis, do you feel that when you're tackling all these broad range of subjects, because looking through your website, you've got you, there is a broad range. Does that something that becomes easy, easy over time because you can see those links that that maybe uh, people are, as we mentioned before, open to talk about more of these things, or do you think is there certain maybe ones out there that still you have to you know tread eggshell, you know, like walking on eggshells a little bit over? Is it is it easy or harder? No, I think uh, as as operating theatre, we will speak to anyone and we're prepared to listen. Mm. And that's what we want to do. We want to hear mm. about people's lived experiences. Yeah. And that's, that's uh, clinicians and that's uh, patients and the, the carers and individuals and people who are, who are allies of. Yeah. Um, so, no, we... So once you get that first-hand experience, it, it, it opens the door effectively, doesn't it? Well, the, the the thing is that every, as you as you said, you know, everything is connected. Mm. Uh, absolutely, everything is connected. Mm. Um, I remember speaking to to uh, someone in Gateshead, and they were talking about their own life, which was very challenging at that time. Mm. But then they started to talk about their history and their life experiences and so on, and you could see and. It's almost like the lights on a circuit board. Absolutely, they were yeah. all eventually lit yeah. up at the yeah. end because everything, homelessness, um, losing contact with uh, with family and friends, mm -hmm. um, periods of, of addiction, substance abuse, um, all of these things, uh, mm -hmm. as I say, by the end of our, our conversation, had yeah. connected up. And, yeah. and had that person received the right kind of support, at the right time, then maybe those connections wouldn't have happened, and maybe that person Definitely. wouldn't be in such a precarious uh, position. Sure. Yeah, I I think the the more we work in this field, mm -hmm. the more we see that everything is connected. Mm -hmm. So you know, if you have a, a what looks like a physical health condition, you can bet your life that there is a connection there with mental health. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and you know, and if if there is a mental health concern, then there are physical manifestations. Of course, and then you have to look at life circumstances, and then you have to look at um, lived experiences and if there's trauma um, mm. you know all of these things we are incredible creatures we are incredible mm. creatures um, but we're massively complex and nobody can be treated you know like a number or a statistic mm. or, or a shape or a size you know we are all individual and I think we uh, fail as a society if we if we forget that I think that rhymes off quite nicely this podcast uh, thank you very much for your time Alex um, one last thing for anyone out there who's really intrigued certainly I am about operating theatre how can they find out more about it and um, possibly be involved that sort of thing what what can they do you have a strong online presence now don't you yes well we we, um, we do tweet um, um, as operating theatre uh, we also have a website www.operatingtheatre or one word lowercase dot org dot uk yeah. and uh if you have any problems uh, finding us then please you know get in touch with the program and we're very happy to respond you know we we really want to speak to people in the region and hear what their experiences are and how we can support um anything that that is to do with health and well-being fantastic well, all it needs me to say is thank you, Alex. Good luck to Operating Theatre. Um, sounds like a fabulous project, and I'm certainly certainly going to look you guys up a lot more and see what you guys are up to and uh, come along and get in touch, and I'm sure that there's more that we can do together. And 
if ever you need Brilliant. to promote anything or plug anything um via mental mentally sound and you know want to you know um and hopefully when we get back in the studio in the west end uh operating back as a radio show can maybe drop in it'd be awesome to to meet you face to face i'd love to do that i'd love to do that awesome. thanks for inviting me and uh yeah take care lovely to meet you thank you so listeners out there, as I say, um, we are still in the, in, the, in the middle of the pandemic. We're not out of the woods yet, but things we like to think are getting slightly better, but don't hold your breath. But as I say, do look after yourself. Um, you know, as I say, look after one another as well, of course. Look out for your fellow person, your neighbours, as we always advocate on this show. Um, but more importantly as well, look after your mental health. And if you're listening to us on Spice FM, stay tuned for the next show. In the meantime, catch us next week for some more Mentally Sound Life in Lockdown podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you.